Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, welcome to It's Okay to Say Gay. I'm your host, Femi Redwood, and of course, I'm joined by the lovely Andy Egan Thorpe. Hey, hey, hey. So fun fact about Andy, he's a stand-up comedian. <laughs> I sure try, Femi. <laughs> <laughs> but Andy, as I was thinking about this show, I have a confession. I kind of have a love-hate relationship with stand-up comedy. <laughs> a love-hate relationship? Do you have a love-hate relationship with laughing, Femi? <laughs> <laughs> the shade? No. So I like watching stand-up comedy on TV. But in terms of going to a show, sometimes I get very paranoid, especially if it's a show with a straight comedian, because sometimes, depending on where we go, my wife and I, we stick out as a couple. So I am black, she is white, and I don't ever want a comedian to use us for their jokes. And it's not just the fact that we're a mixed couple, but because my amazing, sweet wife is very, very butch. Like, super butch, as in, like, Leah Delaria realness, butch queen. Oh, I get it. Okay, I understand. I understand. I've been there. I've seen that type of stuff happen, but... What's great is, is that you need to roll with me to some queer comedy shows. <laughs> There's so many amazing queer comedy shows and also queer comics out there that are really talented. And, you know, they're breaking down the doors, which makes me think of the guest that we have today, the one and only Judy Gold. When we, <laughs> well, when we talk about LGBTQ plus comedy trailblazers, I think Judy deserves to be near the top of that list because she's been out and working like forever. Well, listen, Judy was amazing to talk to. We talked about cancel culture, coming out of the closet, and what makes her mad, which apparently is a lot. You know what? You look fine. You look great. Oh, please. I look like <laughs> Um I, today's my first negative COVID test, so we can discuss that. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. So wait, did you did you get COVID prior, or was this your first time getting COVID? First time, first time. I know, and then I got it while we're on Cape Cod for Memorial Day weekend. So really excellent timing. But, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. sounds great. Yeah. So you are negative. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. And I'm also <laughs> negative in other ways, so it all fits now. I'm 100% negative. Well, you know what? That's actually why your podcast, Kill Me Now, speaks to my soul because you are always pissed off. I am always angry. What are you angry about at this moment? How long is this thing? <laughs> 
Okay, I'm really angry at this country. What happened in Texas? What happened in Buffalo? I mean, that is really pissing me off. We're the laughing stock. Really angry about the Supreme of the Court. World. I, I can't believe you opened Pandora's this. Pandora's box. The fact that Lauren Bobert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, minority in this country, not public service, they are legitimized. I'm angry about abortion, xenophobic, racist, homophobic, anti-Semitic. Go have your mayonnaise and your white bread. The Democrats not having Mitch McConnell. Okay, so we have to pause the interview for a second just to point out that she talked for like 20 minutes. But here is the rest of our interview with Judy Gold. We are all about like, but we're better than that. And we're, shut up. They go low. We go low and smarter. I'm 59. Calm down, everyone. I know I look fantastic. But, you know, I, I lived through the AIDS crisis and all we did was fight, fight, fight. Like the rules have changed and you have to change with them. That honestly could apply to every industry. But if we keep talking about politics, we are never going to get to Montclair Pride. We're never going to get to cancel. Oh, we're, oh, we're not going to get to anything. It is Pride. <laughs> all right. Sorry. Well, you said what was pissing me off. I'm sorry. I just, I, it's like, I get so upset about like this stuff. I mean, come on, people. Look around you. Like- all right, you know I wrote this book about free speech, right? It's called Yes, I Can Say That When They Come For The Comedians, We're All In Trouble, because I feel like once you start silencing comedians, you know, that's it, because we're just trying to make you laugh, and we're telling the truth, so. Is there a line, especially when you think of some of the super transphobic jokes? So here's my theory. First of all, it's called a sense of humor. It's a sense. Like, you either like sarcasm, you don't like sarcasm. You like physical comedy, you don't like physical comedy. It's just like, you know, you like salty food, you don't like salt. So you have... Certain things you're going to find funny and that other people don't find funny. You know, I'm a huge fan of George Carlin. I'm a huge, Joan Rivers was, you know, a mentor to me. But, you know, these people who are fearless, George Carlin famously said, I'm paraphrasing, that it's the comedian's job to find the line, cross it, and bring the audience along and make them glad that you did. First of all, I think you can joke about anything as long as it's a great joke. But if you're going to write a stupid joke just so you can say a word that carries a lot of baggage or be disparaging to a group, it's not funny. That's not comedy. Where I draw a line is if I think they're laughing for the wrong reason. So if they're not getting my intent, comedians have to live in the real world to be funny. You know, it's you know how people are always like, oh, they were so funny when they were younger. And then oh, they yeah, right. and then they got really successful because you don't you don't live among your people. How are you in the real world? Oh, God, I'm so obnoxious. <laughs> um, so nice, actually. I met <laughs> on the street of Provincetown. I yelled to you once, Judy Gold, I love you. And you yelled back, I love you. Uh, I'm in Provincetown now, Andy. Why do oh. you have two D's in your name? Can we talk about the two D's? To make it really short, me and this girl in seventh grade used to pass notes. She was spelling it wrong. This girl, Angela, saw the note. She said, Lindsay, why are you spelling Andy with two D's? She turned and looked at her and said with a straight face, that's not how you spell it. <laughs> oh, my God. So from that day on, so from that day on, I was and a D, double D, Diddy. The double D just stuck. And oh my God. So what now do you still talk to the misspeller? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> do you know what's funny? This entire time, I thought that was some type of ethnic name. And, you know, I can't ask because I'm I'm the manager of the department. So that's something I'm not allowed to ask about. Oh, my God. And I can say whatever I want. <laughs> exactly. 
Uh, yeah, so that's hilarious. Anyways, but yeah, so I'm up in P Town every weekend performing too. Where are you? I want to come see Red Room. I bring like queer New York City comics up. I want to come do a set. Oh my God, come! You're always please. Oh my God, I would love that. Okay, I'm here Saturday. Okay, Andy, we have to exchange numbers. How come? First, the fact that no one has commented on my name. You're right. It says Mary Tyler Moore. I only saw Mary. That's actually why I got into journalism because I wanted to be the Black Mary Tyler Moore, but on air. I loved Mary Tyler. First of all, Mary Tyler Moore theme is my ringtone on my phone. Nice. And it's still, it's been for years and I still don't get annoyed. (laughs) Who can turn the world on with her smile? Isn't that funny how important representation is? You know, it really is. It's so, and all those shows, all those sitcoms, that's the other thing about comedy. Like half of those shows would not get on a network today. Like Maud, Maud had an abortion. That wouldn't get on. Well, the Jeffersons were I love the Jeffersons. The the best. We're moving on up. I'm a facts of life person. Okay. You're too young. Okay. Facts of life. No, 80s. 80s. I was in college. This might be a good segue here. What was your first pride? Was it in college or was it before college? My first pride. That's a fantastic question. Wow. I'm in college. It's between my junior and senior year. And I have a job at a restaurant. All of a sudden, there's a group of us. And one person says they're gay. And then we all come out to each like it was like my my core group of friends everyone ended up being gay and we were like me too oh my god me too oh my god you you know so it was nine that was 1983 wow you couldn't really be out i mean when did we first go to like gay pro i mean it was definitely in the mid 80s But what happened was once the AIDS crisis really hit, we started working. When I moved to New York in 84, I started working at God's Love We Deliver. I volunteered. It was small and it was just literally delivering food to AIDS patients. And I, I had an extra free time and I would volunteer in the office and then uh, we would do, we would volunteer at the AIDS walk. And I, I think that it wasn't really pride, but it was a, such a sense of community and, you know, we were so unified against this horrible virus. And it was, I think, the catalyst. I, I know it was the catalyst for, you know, equality and gay marriage. I feel like even though it wasn't pride, it was definitely all of those events of, you know, what are we going to do about this? And then, of course, I went to Pride as well. But I think that that was my first sort of, I'm a part of this community and we're going to fight this. And we fought, I mean, we fought it and we came out the other side and now there's, now there's gay white male Republicans. So that's great. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So does that does that mean you're not going to any log cabin Republican dinners? Absolutely since? not. Okay. So how were you able to not be angry and go into comedy? <laughs> Ask Andy. I get up there. I'm like, I hate everyone. Like my entire act is how much I hate everyone. <laughs> it, it's it's just I just get so annoyed. And my mother used to always say, Judith, I don't know why you get your blood pressure up. Why are you getting your blood pressure? And it's like because I can't. And so when I came I came out on stage in '96 when I had my my first son was born, Henry, and I had all this material. I literally came out in the mainstream clubs. I didn't come out like, hi, I'm a lesbian, 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 lesbian. It was more like, I'm a lesbian and here's my family and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, every comic talks about their family. I'm going to talk about mine. 
And I think it was a turning point. You know, it would definitely had an effect on my career. But I was, I was like, what kind of message is it if I have this family that I'm in my kid? One, I have two now, but at that point, it was just Henry. And what kind of message is it like? Listen, we don't talk about this. You know, no, I'm proud of my family, and we're just like you. And after, you know, it was so funny because you could hear the shift. You know, where I'd say, "Hey, blah blah blah," and then I'd be like, "Oh, and I'm a lesbian." And you could hear the. Oh. <laughs> And then I started doing jokes about my kids and they were like, oh, that's the same stuff we do. Oh, it's, you know, and that's the power of comedy. Mm. You know, there were so many people who had come out before me. You know, my friend Bob Smith, who was my best friend, he died of ALS. First out gay male on, he was on Leno. He had an HBO special. I mean, but there were so many. There was Robin Tyler and Kate Clinton, Leah Delaria. And I think, and now when I go to these clubs, Andy, I can't even tell you, to be in a comedy club and to see these people just get on stage and there's no shift and there's no explanation and they're just talk. It's It makes me want to cry because it was awful. It was really scary at times. Just to see people so comfortable with themselves and just there's no like, oh, I got to tell you something. That to me is, uh, it makes, it really does make me want to cry. I love it. Montclair Pride, you are performing at or emceeing at Montclair Pride. How I'm the host, feel, baby. The host. How does it feel from growing up in Jersey to now like... You're hosting this. Like I, you, you've first made of it. all, first of all, Montclair is a great, great town. I grew up in Jersey, and I couldn't wait to get out. And and it feels so good to. I mean, my roots are there, and it feels so good to go back. And I'm hosting, you know, Montclair Pride in a place where I was in the closet for my entire life, you know, and to be able to be in this town with all these great, great performers. Families are going to be there. Laura Bonatti. You know, I love Jersey. I love Jersey Pride. And I'm just like, I'm thrilled. I am so excited that they asked me to do it. It's like such an honor. You know, it's funny when you said you couldn't wait to leave. So my wife is from Jersey. And obviously she moved, I live in Brooklyn. She moved here after, I don't know, however long dating. And so sometimes I'm like, hey, you know, maybe we should look into buying in Jersey because we can afford that. And she's like, no. I spent my whole right. life trying to leave Jersey. I'm not going back. <laughs> I, I am with her. I am with her 100%. But it's so interesting because if I hear someone not from Jersey making fun of Jersey, oh, I you punch can't make face it. Oh, same. Exactly. You know what I mean? I defend Jersey. My wife's family is there. I love right. those people. I will fight for Jersey. My family came over from Europe and they settled in Perth Amboy. Ah. And we, my parents are buried there. There's one cemetery there that I'm like related to everyone in the cemetery. It's so depressing. <laughs> anyway, um, but we used to go to Asbury Park all the time when we were little kids in the 60s and, and 70s and, and visit family and stuff. And now if my father was a lot, he'd be like, what the hell happened here? Yeah. Yeah. Gay. Yeah. Gay, 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 gay. Do you notice how we come in? We make everything perfect. Yeah. And then everyone's like, oh, oh, okay, let's go there. And then you ruin it and we have to move again. We're, it's like the, the gay diaspora, right. you know? Right. So then where's the up and coming <laughs> gay beach now? And then that's where I can buy into. And then I can yeah. afford a beach house. What is I don't know. Ask Andy. He's a baby. <laughs> You know what I heard is really good is and is gay now? St. Petersburg, Florida. 
Like this podcast is literally named It's Okay to Say Gay in response to Florida's Don't Say Gay Bill. So like we're the best. We're the funnest. We're the best audiences. We don't take ourselves seriously at all. I remember when I when I worked at the Rosie O'Donnell show and I was a producer and writer for the first two seasons. You know, the staff was very either gay or gay friendly, you know. And I remember it was this phenomena. It changed television. I remember thinking if they if these people only knew it's just a bunch of gay theater kid <laughs> nerds putting on a show. Like that's what we are and you have no idea. All these housewives and kids and families and it was funny because there were so many gay kids who were like so addicted to the show who then came out, you know, and then there were the, you know, Midwest housewives who're like, "Oh, she's just like me." And it was like and I remember thinking, God, if you only knew. And now they all know. And um, yeah. Yeah. What's your coming out story? Speaking of coming out, what's your oh, coming God. out story? <laughs> well, you know, I'm from a Jewish, uh, you know, we can argue about everything, but we're not going to talk about anything substantive or our feelings or anything. So I used to have this joke, which was so true that we never talked to each other. My family, we communicated by putting Ann Landers articles on the refrigerator <laughs> which was basically we wouldn't talk and then we'd get up and there'd be like my father would put an article up about how like Diana Ross made oatmeal for her husband or her kids before you know whatever <laughs> and they would you know we would all have these fights or my mother would be like smoking for is it you know I caught my kid with cigarette you know it's just like oh my god can we just fucking have a conversation anyway <laughs> So we never talked about it. And then my friends all knew I had a roommate and we had, <laughs> we had this two bedroom apartment. We had, first of all, remember clock radios. Okay. Yeah. We had a two bedroom apartment. One bedroom had a day twin day bed, no alarm clock and a desk. And then the other bedroom had a queen size bed with an alarm clock on each side. And my mother used to come, my father died when I was 27. My mother used to come, she grew up in Manhattan, right two blocks from where I live. And she used to come visit all the time. And she'd come in with her bag and go in the queen size bedroom with her bag and be like, I didn't want to kick Sharon out of her room. I'm like, Ma, really? <laughs> You really think someone's paying half the rent to sleep on a f***ing twin day bed with no alarm clock, okay? So anyway, we just didn't talk about it. And then one day, this is the so annoyingly stupid story, but I got sinus surgery when I was in my 30s because I couldn't breathe out of one nostril. And I didn't get a nose job. But and if I did, the guy should be killed. But I didn't. I just got the... They had a bone spur removed and stuff, right? And my girlfriend, who I live with, was on a business trip. And so my mother came in to take care of me, which literally meant I'm laying on the couch with, you know, gauze in my nose and my mouth, like, <laughs> and she had to put ice in my mouth or, and like, she would literally sit there and be like, Judith, if at some point I become dehydrated and need a glass of water, where would I find a glass? I'm like, first of all, all you have to say is where are the glasses? Okay. You don't have to have a whole previous story about if I become dehydrated. Okay. Anyway, so so she's taking care of me and a, a friend of mine and her husband come over for a visit. 
And my best friend from college had just gotten married. It's his sister and her husband come over for a visit. And they just got married in in Los Angeles. And everyone thought I was going to marry him because we were like best friends, but I'm a lesbian. (laughs) So they come over to visit. And the husband says in front of my mother, you know, it was such a nice wedding. You know, I just wish you had married Howard and kept Sharon on the side. And I and my mother's and I was like, oh, it's raining. Okay, they leave. I'm trying to change the subject. (laughs) They leave. The door slams. And my mother says, and kept Sharon on the side. (laughs) I knew it. (laughs) Why didn't you tell me? And I'm like, oh, my, you come on. Ridiculous. Uh, This is why I'm depressed. I mean, it was like so ridiculous. (laughs) And that was my big coming out to my mother story. It was so stupid. And it's so funny because I used to do this. I, I'm remembering all these these jokes, but I used to do this bit. I got to write this down. Um, about, <laughs> about, I was in this book when I knew. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but there were all these books about, you know, coming out because people were starting to come out um, because of, you know, Will and Grace. And, you know, it's the, again, the representation, you know. Right. And so- there was this book called When I Knew, and this guy put together stories of people when they knew they were gay. And my story's ridiculous, but I was like 11, and we were marching in the Israeli Day Parade with my Hebrew school class. And there was a, there was literally some person on the corner with a big sign. My son was a homosexual. Now he's not. He went to this doctor, and I remember thinking, I should write the doctor's name down. That That's when I knew, oh, my God. <laughs> okay. So um, I'm telling my mother about this book and she says to me, when did you know, Judith? And I said, I don't know. I, I knew when I was like three, but I didn't know what it was until I was 11. She said, I knew before you. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I knew before you. I, when, I, every night you would run over the neighbors to get a box of crayons. But before you left, you had to put on one of your father's neckties. <laughs> And I'm like, wait a minute. You scream at me when, you know, you had to wear a necktie. You had to wear. And yeah, I used to always like want to put on my father's neckties and I wanted to be called. Oh, at one point I had my hair really short and I wanted to be called Robert or Ringo. And one of my cousins still calls me Ringo. And I'm like, shut up. But it was like, you know, Imagining you as a baby butch with a tie on. I know with the tie. Oh my god, I have so many good pictures. Oh god, I'm gonna post one today. You for gotta Pride. post it, please do. Please oh my do. god, there's so many pictures of me like all butchy, like fine. I couldn't wait to. I wanted to wear boys' clothes. I wanted to mow the lawn. I wanted. To, uh, I, you know, and it was like I didn't want dolls. I didn't want any. It was like, and that's how you know you're born this way. Like no one. Oh, God. <laughs> I should wear a necktie today. Oh, my God. Please do. <laughs> please do. Do like a before and after. Yeah, necktie. right. I like that. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for people outside of Montclair Pride, where can people see you? Oh, well, that is an excellent question. Let's say I have Montclair Pride on June 11th. 11th. I have a sleep study on June 10th, uh, 12th. <laughs> 
because uh, I snore and I can't. And Elisa won't sleep with me. She starts with me and then she ends up in another bed. Yes. On the 16th, I am at the Provincetown Film Festival. I'm interviewing Jenny Slate and Bowen Yang. And then I'm doing a live panel about hate speech and what we're allowed to joke about for WNET. And then let's see. Then it's Father's Day. Not a big holiday in my house. Okay. (laughs) And then... I start, I'm working at the Art House in Provincetown starting June 24th, June 24th and 25th, all through, you know, the uh, the summer. And I really, I want to come do a set on Saturday. Okay, Andy, so she said that she was going to show up at your show this weekend. Did she show up? So, <laughs> no, she didn't wind up showing up, but it's partially my fault. And also, she fell asleep on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> and just because it didn't happen this past weekend doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Judy is in Provincetown like all summer. I'm in Provincetown every weekend all summer. So we're going to make this happen. She has a stage. She can jump on anytime. And I recommend anybody who has never seen Judy Gold to find out where she is playing near you. You need to see her. She is amazing. Brilliant on stage. So anyone who is interested in seeing Judy, she is going to be performing at Montclair Pride. This year is actually like the first year Montclair has its pride. Apparently Montclair is like the park slope of New Jersey. What? I have never heard of this. Montclair? Yeah, like all of the it lesbians apparently <laughs> live in Montclair. It's the thing. It's June 11th. It starts at 12. It ends at 6. Judy is emceeing. Carmen Carrera from Ru- Paul's Drag Race is going to be there along with Betty Who, Peppermint, Lady Keontae is going to be there as well. So just like lots and lots of performances and speakers. And of course, Judy is emceeing. Thanks so much for listening to It's Okay to Say Gay. If you want to hear more, hit that subscribe button. Also, please rate and review the show. It's Okay to Say Gay is on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts from. It's Okay to Say Gay is a special production of 1010 Wins and WCBS News Radio 880. Special thanks to podcast producers Joe Webb and Dempsey Pilat. Massive thanks, of course, to Andy Egan Thorpe, who wears more hats than I can even count and does more jobs than I can list, including producer and sound engineer. Tim Schaud is the WCBS News Radio 880 brand manager. Ben Meverek is the 1010 Wins brand manager. And I'm Famie Redwood. Thanks for listening. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.